And now a reading from one of our favorite movies, Book Smart, directed by Olivia Wilde. Molly overhears AAA and her friends making fun of her in the bathroom. Wait, are you guys talking about Molly Davidson? Yeah. Yeah. That girl is so weird. She always acts like she's 40. I wish she was fucking 40, man. Mm. Women in their 40s know themselves. Oh, she's cute, you know, yeah. I give her that. But she'd probably make you quiz her on her SAT analogies while you fuck her. Dude, no. Her vagina is probably stuffed with diplomas. How much you want to bet? That shit's like a filing cabinet down there. Well, I've got no problem with a filing cabinet. I would make passionate sex to Molly Davidson. Really? Yeah, I'd just put a bag over her personality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Molly's like a butterface for personality. A butter personality. After overhearing Tanner, Theo, and AAA make fun of her in the bathroom, Molly says, You know what? My badge is stuffed with diplomas. Soon it's going to be stuffed with job offers and glowing profiles and commendations from the governor. So while you guys were all studying AP hand jobs, I was kicking ass and busting curves. And I'm going to continue to do that at Yale next year. So I like my choices. And wherever you three are next year, I hope you do too. I'm going to Yale too. What? I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. No, you didn't. I got in early. To Yale? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. After finding out that Theo has been recruited by Google... You failed the seventh grade twice. Rule of threes. After finding out that AAA and her friends got into good colleges... This isn't possible. You guys don't even care about school. No, we just don't only care about school. Ooh, there it cut. Like drop. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You need to remind me who you are, because after that incredible performance, I don't even recognize you. I was like three different people. That's true. But I'm Michelle. (laughs) It's nice to see you again. I am Megan. Hi, guys. Welcome back. (laughs) We don't normally start out our episodes with readings from our favorite movies. But (laughs) also, aren't we good at that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't answer that. No, Um, we don't want to (laughs) know. That is, as we noted from the movie Book Smart, which is fucking hilarious if and you one haven't of our seen favorites. It, please, please go tonight. Go please watch check it. it out. Why did we want to talk about Book Smart today, Michelle? Well, we've been uh, tossing around the idea of Book Smarts versus Street Smarts and what those mean and what's more important if one is more important than the other and like how those play into life in general. So let's break down what it means to be street smart versus Mm -hmm. what it means to be book smart, just Mm -hmm. to get that out of the way. Okay. So street smarts is more, you know, awareness of your surroundings, good environmental and situational understanding, kind of akin to common sense, um, like a natural ability to make good judgments and behave in a practical, sensible way. It's all kind of based on your own life experience and human connections, right? Yeah. So to me, it kind of seems like somebody who's particularly nimble, you know, who can Mm -hmm. move and adjust based on the scenario they don't need like a roadmap in their head established by a book they read or a process or procedure that they read Mm -hmm. it's more like i can take my life experience and make good judgments and decisions Mm -hmm. based on that experience rather than some textbook dictating how to do this properly exactly yeah and then Being more book smart means that you have knowledge acquired through reading and studying, not necessarily practical experience. It's kind of related to traditional education and, you know, signifies a more theoretical understanding of facts or ideas, just not necessarily in practice. So would you say that there are certain careers or occupations that are better suited to one or the other? 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, Things that are more rule-driven, predictable, disciplined. I I think things with numbers is the first thing that comes to mind. Maybe accountancy. You know, an extreme need for... Did I just say accountancy? It's accounting, (laughs) everyone. Just go ahead. Sorry. Mm -hmm. What was I saying? Oh, an extreme (laughs) need for recalling and following processes, like I think in the medical field. Oh, yeah. Completely operate by, like checklists, processes, remembering all the things that you Mm -hmm. have been taught about what could be wrong with someone. Although experience has got to be valuable there too. Like what if you're a surgeon? Maybe it's a different depending on what kind of medicine you practice. Or your doctor house. And then you just fly by the seat of your (laughs) pants. Or a love doctor. Or a love doctor? (laughs) Yeah. What would be an example of a career where street smarts might better serve you? Politics? Maybe. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, I don't want to get into that right now. I don't know. What do you think? Mm, I think careers that require more creativity. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like being an actor, maybe, or... You mean like we are? Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) this is... We're clearly hitting a home run here. Um, (laughs) Where's my Oscar? (laughs) But in the reading we just did, you know how she freaks out because the one guy got recruited by Google and, you know, we didn't, like, read that whole scene from the movie. But basically, he tells her he's going right from high school to work for Google And she was pissed about that because that's a pretty great career that he got recruited for right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And he's obviously not going to college, but he's, you know, maybe developed some skill in the tech industry that he's demonstrated somehow that he's really good at. And so he gets recruited that way. That movie is kind of all about the concept of if you just try to be one thing, Mm-hmm. then you could be missing out on totally. opportunities and experiences the other brings to you, well, right? Well, that's good news for us. We, uh, <laughs> guys, we took a quiz on um, howstuffworks.com, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which they do an awesome podcast called Stuff You Should Know. You can learn about all sorts of amazing things. But there was a quiz that's like, are you more street smart or book smart? And we both got... You're both. Right. I'll read this to you here. It says the rare hybrid of street smart and book smart, which means you're a very wise and open-minded person. You like to think philosophically about important issues, but then you put your opinion to work within your community. You value your education, but you also understand that growth happens from human interactions. Just like in the movie, AAA is like, yeah, I got into Yale because I'm really fucking smart, but I also understand that it's really important to be great at hand jobs. Right. So. <laughs> I mean, priorities. Guys. I mean, and that's why Molly, the main character, is so upset because she realized that she devoted her whole high school career to mm-hmm. becoming extremely book smart because she thought that was the only path right. to, to a fulfilling or, future. Yeah. And then she realized that. She missed out on a lot of fucking fun. Mm-hmm. So she goes on this, you bender? know. Bender? <laughs> I don't know if I call it a bender, yeah, right. but um, I would call it more like a mission. Yes. To have like an epic final night as a senior in high school. It's sort of the same movie as Superbad, only with girls. And ironically, <laughs> she is Jonah Hill's sister. Oh, yeah. Who played the lead in Superbad. That's right. So I love that because both of those movies are hilarious. They both kind of have the same storyline. Mm-hmm. And they're played by brother and sister in real life. That's so that's cool. cool. That's cool. I think it's kind of important to recognize that, you know, one isn't necessarily better than the other. There are negative stereotypes kind of associated with both of those things. I think that street smart people could think, oh, yeah, they're going to know what to do if they're attacked on a corner. 
outside, but they're not very intelligent or they're not capable of achieving higher education. Whereas somebody who's more book smart, people might think that they're more easily manipulated or, or they're um, going to freeze up. They're going to freeze up. Situation. They'll display bad judgment in an ordinary situation or that they have a lower emotional intelligence. One of the things that we read that contained a good example that I liked is take somebody who's book smart and somebody who's street smart and drop them each in a foreign country where they don't speak Mm -hmm. the language, they don't have a cell phone, they don't have a guidebook. And they were saying that probably the person who's book smart would kind of panic because they Mm -hmm. would be like, where's my, you know, manual (laughs) that I can study and figure out how to get out of this, whereas the street smart person would probably be able to uh, navigate their surroundings better, figure it out. Yeah. If you were able to choose if your kid could be more book smart or street smart, what would you choose? I'd probably say street smart. Well, from a safety perspective, right. it is very comforting if your child is street smart because they're growing up in a different world than we did. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the same world, but we're just more aware of threats because of media attention. Yeah, but like maybe. for me, having grown up in a much smaller area with a lot lower crime right. rate. It's a totally different world. You know, me and my siblings would be out the door and gone all day. And of course, we didn't have cell phones. And mm-hmm. my come parents home when the lights come on. Yeah, I mean, my parents weren't that worried about us, but I would never let my kids do that now. Mm-mm. But I would like to hope that if they got into a sticky situation, that they would be street savvy enough or street wise enough yeah. to know what to do, even if they like just got lost somewhere or whatever. Right. Something that I was reading was talking about, and this is all just, again, common sense stuff, I think, but ways to help your kids be more street smart, to raise them with more common sense. Um, it said, you know, allowing them to make choices, to experiment and to explore giving them a chance to choose right from wrong and flex basic decision-making skills and allowing them to make mistakes and to fail and encourage problem solving. There was this uh, story, it's probably at least 10 years old now, of this woman who lived in New York and she let her son... (gasps) Was it the free-range parenting? Yeah, she let him ride the subway and he was like, what, 12 Mm. or something? I'm probably not remembering this accurately. But it just sparked this huge debate online Mm -hmm. about whether... That was good because she was teaching him to be savvy and street smart and take care of himself. And then some people were like, that's horrible. Like somebody could just pick him up and he is vulnerable and alone and wouldn't know what to do. But describe what you mean by free range parenting, because not everyone uses that term. No, I think it's an amazing term. I love it. (laughs) I don't do it. Unfortunately, I'd love to, but I'm not comfortable totally with it. I love that it's a possibility for some people. Maybe I'll get there. (laughs) But it's sort of the idea that like these are little human beings that you have to believe in what you've instilled in them and then trust them to, you know, make out. Yeah. And make good decisions. And obviously, if if a kid's like five, that's too young. But I read an article, I think it was a nine year old, the mom went downtown with the kid. And then they talked about bus routes and stuff. And the kid had a cell phone. He could get in touch with the mom. And then he had to, like, navigate his way home by bus. And he wanted to do it. It wasn't some, you know, drop you in the deep end of the pool bullshit where you're like, figure out if you can swim or drown. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even imagine doing that with my 11-year-old. No, so Absolutely not. Interesting I'm, story, but I would probably be one of the people that's like, yeah. 
<laughs> well, the problem is that there are shades of all this, right? There are fucking people who... It also who, depends on the kid a lot, too. Totally. But there are people who will, like, drive by someone's house and see kids playing alone in a yard and they'll call the fucking cops because they're like, these kids are unattended. Mm-hmm. Or they're walking home from a playground that's three blocks away and they call the police. Sorry. You don't get to decide for somebody else's family sure. what's appropriate. And you see those free-range kids, like, in your neighborhood. Like, we know who the free-range mm-hmm. kids are. They're the ones who are always out and about on their bikes and scooters and at the park and whatever and they don't have a parent with them i think that when you're in a neighborhood like ours where a lot of people know each other though yeah you kind of all keep an eye on each other's kids a little bit too do you think this is kind of switching gears a little but people that are well educated Uh so book smart not Uh necessarily street smart but well educated that there is sort of a systematic reoccurrence ivy league parents breed ivy league kids and that you mean like becky from full house (laughs) like that no Ooh, we should talk about that (laughs) it was so important to Lori loft Laughlin, is that how you say her name? Yeah, I think so. And her husband to get their kids who maybe weren't super book smart, or maybe they were, who knows, because they never had to display based on their own merits mm-hmm. whether or not they could get into these colleges that they paid to get them in, as did Felicity Huffman right. and her husband and other people that are not so famous and Obviously, that's a crime, and Uh they're paying for it Uh now. I think that the pressure alone on the kid, if the parents are people who so highly value the education and the book smart side of things, Mm -hmm. that they're going to put pressure on their kids from day one to be the best and to have that A. I don't know if I agree with that, because I think some parents would not pressure. It's like a legacy thing, you know? They would just make sure to find a way that that Ivy League status continues. Like J.K. Jr., you know? Mm -hmm. Didn't he fail the bar exam like three or four times before he finally A lot of lawyers do, by the way. It's very difficult. I guess what I'm saying is that there are these generations and legacy families where everyone's Ivy League educated, Mm -hmm. but they're protected and... Like George W. Bush. Wrapped up... Sorry, what? (laughs) Wrapped up in cellophane, you know, and they're they're going to, like, the best schools and all these, like, primo fucking white bread events, and and then they're getting into these Ivy League colleges, and then they're doing an internship at Daddy's Firm, and, you know, like, they never know the struggle... They never know the hustle Mm -hmm. and they never have to think on their feet. And so that just sort of perpetuates the idea that just because you are well-educated does not necessarily mean you are smart. Totally. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of what I was seeing when I was looking into this online was that people are really valuing street smarts over book smarts now. So there are those families, those, those people that for them, that's really important. So how do you think this all plays into like dating? Well, I think it plays in a lot of different ways because, first of all, most of the apps were built based on an algorithm. True. Right? I hadn't thought of that. That's a book smart process, I Mm -hmm. would guess, but I don't know. It's the nerds behind the love. (laughs) Thanks, guys. That that is the title (laughs) of the next reality show on Netflix, Nerds Behind the Love. Oh, my God. Somebody make... Wait. No, we call it. Copyright. Yeah. 
And as we just like completely read from a script that wasn't we credited them, it's um, fine. Sometimes people will call it out on their profile. Honestly, like if they're specifically looking for somebody who is book smart or street smart, because maybe they identify that way. Hmm. A guy that I dated recently, I noticed that on his profile, he specifically said that he's seeking an overeducated, I don't know, something <laughs> funny after that. And I think it was clearly meant to be a joke. But while it was a joke, he still obviously wanted to put it on there. And, right. you know, he was... Um, did, wait, hold on. Did he call himself a sapiosexual? He did. Oh, my God. Okay. He did. Which, I okay, I think I identify as a sapiosexual, too. So we I got maybe no problem with that. But talk about what that means, because I don't think most people know what that means. A sapiosexual is somebody who is sexually attracted to intelligence. Mm-hmm. So in this case, maybe what he was trying to say is that if you have some sort of graduate level degree and, you know, the joke is overeducated, that obviously you're an intelligent, successful person and that's attractive to him because he's a sapiosexual for me, sapiosexual is not so much do you have like a graduate degree or something, but it's more like, can you have an interesting, insightful mm-hmm. conversation with me? Do you get hard if somebody describes string theory to you? <laughs> I think being a sapiosexual or somebody who's streetwise, there are definitely people that are specifically attracted to those traits. Mm-hmm. That is why you will see people who are very smart and successful. Well, somebody could just be a gold digger, I guess, who are not very attractive that always have a girlfriend, you know, like mm-hmm. just constantly dating like some hot chick or some hot model. You're like, how do you get her? And I feel like <laughs> we all know that person who's like maybe not that attractive, but so fun and engaging that. And intelligent course, and funny. And yeah, of all the, course, all the it makes that really perfect matter. sense that somebody would want yeah. to be in a relationship with them. On the flip side, you know how I was saying before that I think people that are street smart tend to be more like intuitive Mm -hmm. and creative and probably like a lot of people that are creative or have some sort of artistic component to their career is also attractive to people like these all these rockers that are not cute, like drummers and people and like, yeah. I don't think it's always just the money. I do think there are people that are attracted to them, whether it's the intelligence or the creativity. There's something very engaging about that. And somebody will go for it. And the cool thing is, if you have the confidence to own that and just be who you are, then yes, that is very attractive. I love the part in what we were reading when they said 40-something-year-old chicks, what did they say? Oh, they know themselves. They know themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier, I think, for women in their Mm -hmm. 40s. At that point, you've you've had a lot of life experience. You know who you are. You know what Mm -hmm. you're about. You just kind of own it and relax into that person that you are. A lot of people lose that sort of nervous trying to figure it out mm-hmm. vibe. And it's really fucking freeing. I it is, and I think, I think it's you should all try it. sexy, you know. Yeah. So have anyway. you have you ever sat in front of a little stage and someone's up there and they've got a guitar and they're just like you know, busted teeth and cross eyes and whatever. And then <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what concerts are you to, going to? I, <laughs> to go for the extreme but then they start playing and singing and they're really fucking talented and you're like 
oh my God, I want that person right now. I will say, yes, I have. Just like I have watched somebody do a TED talk and been like, damn, he's hot. Because yes. it's it's the level of engagement, right? Mm-hmm. Your brain is stimulated. Yes. Well, and, and we've so- all seen we've all seen the like super hot guy that then opens his mouth and he's a fucking box of rocks. And we're like, well, nope, never mind. Here's the thing. The super hot guy, and I would venture a guess that the super hot girl... They're probably not that interesting and engaging because they've gotten by their whole True. life on their looks. They haven't right? needed to be. Yeah. So people do get special treatment when they are good looking. And yeah. so if you have relied on that your whole life to get things, you haven't really needed to push mm-hmm. yourself to establish any form of depth because right. you can probably pretty easily get what you want. It's and a good thing we're horrible looking. I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're the rare combination of, you know, beautiful and intelligent and funny and kind, then you're not fuck, on a dating no, app. fuck you. Then fuck you because we're but, all jealous of you, you know, here's and the you're thing. probably wonderful. Okay, I'm just going to vent for a second. Do I it. do think that men and some women too, especially when they just first start going on dating apps, Mm -hmm. like maybe they're freshly divorced. That's sort of their like standard, I guess I would say that's what they think they're going to find. They think that suddenly Giselle Mm -hmm. is going to pop up on their screen. (laughs) And they're going to be like, Oh, my God, we matched. And we're like, my soulmate, they don't really have a realistic vision of what they're going to encounter in online dating. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that they are going to find this like stunning, engaging, successful, perfect person. Um, and I'm right here. <laughs> I know. And it's like, and for some reason, we're still single. We're still single. <laughs> you guys, what are you doing? <laughs> Anyway, just had to just had to put that out there because I swear I have had friends that are men and women that mm-hmm. are newly single that are diving into the dating app world. Yeah, they kind of complain to me about this, and I'm like, oh god, you guys well, need some time. They haven't been beaten down yet. We know the truth. Exactly. <laughs> okay, here's a question. I'm ready. In dating and in, in relationships, you know, there's a lot of talk of opposites attract. Do you think mm-hmm. this is one of those places? Street smarts, book smarts. Can you? fit those together and can they be compatible? Honestly, I think that's probably rare. It seems difficult, right? I think that there are other areas where opposites could attract like introverts and extroverts. Um, Ooh, that would be or people for me. Who, yeah, I know. <laughs> or, you know, somebody that was raised in the South and somebody that was raised in like mm-hmm. this area, like the liberal Northwest. I mean, I think there are scenarios where opposites can attract Mm -hmm. i guess i feel like because one camp tends to respect their own more in this regard like the guy that i was talking about that has a graduate degree Mm -hmm. and, and is very educated and is clearly seeking someone who is the same and then i also think that to be fair on the flip side people that possess a lot of street smart and maybe not as much education might classify those who have a higher level of education as snobby or out of touch or whatever and they mm-hmm. want to connect with somebody who's on the same page as them and yeah, that regard. that makes so sense. I don't know if i think opposites attract really works in this situation maybe not i would guess not so, like you said before, we both took the quiz. Mm-hmm. We both came out as having both book mm-hmm. smarts and street smarts. Do you think that is accurate for you and why? I do think it is accurate for me. I think for me, it's more of a curiosity and um, desire to learn. You know, I don't have a graduate degree. I went to college, but I don't have anything beyond that. I'm curious about the world and I want to learn how things work. 
but I also have a lot of life experience. I guess I equate it a lot with being in many different social situations that I've learned from that. I don't know. Yeah, because I would have guessed for you um, if it had turned out one or the other, mm-hmm. street smart. But Thanks, I mean baby. that. <laughs> well, I mean that as a compliment mm-hmm. because I feel like you are very adaptable in just about any situation. You can really just like flex and keep your cool and look at things from a logical, fair standpoint. Thank you. You're welcome. Like if we got into a bad situation, <laughs> we were out or something, <laughs> I feel like you would know exactly what to do. I'm actually kind of surprised that hasn't happened at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say. <laughs> Everything's fine. So for me, though, you know, mine said both. And I think that might be accurate now. But 10 years ago, I mm. I think it probably would have just come out as book smart. Yeah, I, I can see that. The street smart is something that I developed more as I got older. Part of that was growing up in a very sheltered environment. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you need more life experience it just, to like, get I, street I smart. I came by it honestly. Yeah, you know? exactly. It just happened as a product of the situation that I was in. But now that I've been out of that situation for several years and, you know, gone through some shit in my 30s. <laughs> right. And lived in the big city. and Right, know, yeah. right. But I mean, even just divorce and dating mm-hmm. and going out and helping friends through losses and things like that. And building my career, too, which has required a lot of strategic moves on my part. I've become more creative, nimble, you know, street smart, I guess you would call it, than I was before. That's one of the reasons, like, people will ask me if I would ever move back to Montana and Mm -hmm. raise my kids there. And that's a tough question because I love Montana. I loved growing up there. It was beautiful and fun and I have all these great memories. But to me... It's not an option for my kids because it's not diverse enough. It's too sheltered. I want them to have that broader streetwise education growing up because I think it's so important and valuable. And I felt like I was playing catch up when I moved to a larger city, kind of like a deer in the headlights. So I don't want them to play catch up. I want them to understand So I think it's an important thing to note that it is something that can change over time. None of this is fixed. None of it's innate, necessarily. It's all kind of a product of your situation. I can't help but think about my son with autism in that respect. Right. Because he is, and a lot of people with autism, tend to be very literal, mm-hmm. probably going to excel more at the book smarts than the street smarts. And right. of course, it's a huge spectrum. And so there's so much variation here. But often, people with ASD, autism spectrum disorder, have a lot of trouble reading social cues and, you know, having that situational understanding. Mm-hmm. And so they're typically not going to have as much of the street smarts. Right. But intelligence wise, it seems like as a community, they are much higher. They certainly can be. Like I said, it's such a spectrum. There are people that fall at every IQ level and IQ isn't even a good way to test it because how is my kid going to sit with some stranger Mm -hmm. for however many hours in some room with fluorescent lights and do some test or whatever? You can't measure that. 
Yeah, it's just like people who have like dyslexia say Mm -hmm. they can't take a test in the same way that somebody who doesn't have dyslexia would take it because they're not going to score the same. Right. And it doesn't directly speak to their level of intelligence. It's more just like they have a learning disability that somebody else doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And so if you accommodate for that, they might score just as higher, higher. I don't have a child that has autism. I have two nephews that have autism. It has always been my sense that they are extremely, extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. And they're really good at focusing on a subject or a topic and learning everything they can about that particular thing that interests them. Yeah, my son can tell you every goddamn thing about Five Nights at Freddy's. (laughs) I'm so proud. What the fuck? But I mean, the retention is amazing. His memory is crazy. So you're saying that he would, if he was being categorized, Mm -hmm. he would be categorized as book smart, not street smart? Interestingly, for him, if someone didn't know him and just encountered him for the first time, no, not a chance. But his teachers that have known him for a while, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Wait, can you be more clear on that? Yeah. You're saying not a chance and absolutely not a chance. Yeah, so not a chance that he would be categorized as book smart because he's probably not going to answer your questions if you're trying to get an idea of how smart he is if oh, he right. just met you, right? Okay. You know him. He's just, he communicates in his own way. Well, he's fucking hilarious, he's I'll tell you. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The other day, he told me, he looked deep into my eyes, and he said, maybe tomorrow you'll wear makeup. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Remember I was talking yeah. about um, the summer or something the other day, and he was oh, yeah. like, Oh, come on. You love all the seasons. He always used to say, easy, Megan. Easy, Megan. It's my favorite. I was like, wow, I must be going off about something because he'd be like, easy, Megan. Yeah. Yeah. He he pays attention to everything. He does. He literally, like, you think he's not paying attention. He's listening to every goddamn word that's coming out of everybody's mouths. Even if he's doing something else, he's still hearing it. He was showing me a game that he was playing the other day. I said to him, this game looks really scary. Doesn't this scare you? And he goes... I'm pretty much not scared of anything. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> I love he's, that. He's going to be my horror movie buddy when he gets older. I'll take him to go see them. That's good. Nobody else I'm not going. Him. No, nobody else will watch I only him watch horror movies with the blanket in front of my face. I've watched you do that. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he is someone who, like, he just finished first grade. He's probably reading at a fourth grade level. Mm-hmm. Maybe higher, given what he can take in. He can read the words. He can sound them out. He knows what many of them mean. He understands right. how to decode. Like, English is a difficult language, and there's so many different pronunciations to everything. He knows. And he's a lot of it, seven. he's sort of taught himself. Because yeah. the traditional structured learning is not... He knew before there was any traditional structured learning. This mm-hmm. child taught himself to read at, like, 18 months. It was insane. Yeah. He's so smart. He's so smart. But if you just met him and you're trying to ascertain how smart he is or how much he knows, just because you're asking him a question doesn't mean he's going to answer that fucking question right now because it might not be the thing he wants to do at the moment. Right. Right. Part of being street wise or street smart is sort of reading other people and reacting exactly. to them. And that's not really something he's going to do. Like right. on one prior episode, tell me a story. You were talking about him kind of being in his own world. And mm-hmm. I, I think what you meant, you meant that in a really positive way, yeah. was that he is, his brain is working so fast and he's so focused on what he wants to pay attention to. He's not accommodating others right. always in the room. I actually had a little bit of regret after that episode because of the way I felt like I characterized him 
him. And I didn't think it was fair because I said head in the clouds, he's in his own world, which is true, but is very one dimensional. And it's not accurate because that kid is so many things. But but he does, you know, he's well, it's a term of art, right? I mean, yeah, what you meant was different than how you're afraid people were going to perceive that. Right, right. And because most of these people don't know him. So sure. Can I ask you about the show you were telling me about the other day, Love on the Spectrum? Yes, I because talk about so that. much of our podcast is about relationships and dating. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I didn't know this, um, there is a show on Netflix yes. about people that are on the spectrum yes. dating or something. What, yeah. what is so it? So it's called Love on the Spectrum. There's only five episodes. It's about some young adults in Australia who all fall on the autism spectrum. And it's, you know, it's kind of a reality dating show, but it's more a documentary, really. Oh, okay. And most of these people are low 20s. Is it all hetero? Or is there any... Uh, No, there's some bisexuality. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And I fucking fell in love with these kids. Mm -hmm. I think the oldest was 28. And then most of them were in their low 20s. Okay. So did they put them, you know, like on a lot of dating shows, like The Bachelor, let's just say, Mm -hmm. they put them in situations like they throw them into some foreign city and they're walking the streets and they're interacting with the locals. I mean, like, I couldn't imagine that being a comfortable environment for two people that are on the spectrum that are going on a right. date. Like, what? what's the scene? How Set the scene for what their dating sure. is like. There were several different scenes in that way. There were two couples that were already together and then were featured on this show. And then there were, you know, singles that were looking. And so a few of them did some speed dating. Not with the well, same results that we had <laughs> speed dating. But, I mean, that was a funny story. But when I went to speed dating one time without you... Mm -hmm. Went with another friend of ours, and she has children that have autism as well. We both met somebody that we were like, oh, he, you know, he was on the spectrum. Like, oh, for sure. We definitely knew. And I was like, damn, I got to give that guy props. Like, he is probably not comfortable in this environment, but he is out there. He's meeting people. Don't you think there's probably a lot of people that technically are on the spectrum that haven't been diagnosed officially? Because when we were growing up, it's not something that people really knew about. It's not something people talked about. Or maybe there it was, was much misdiagnosed as like yep. um, ADD or a learning disability or something yeah. like that. I mean, we always say like our mantra is kind of everything's a spectrum, everything's right? A spectrum. Like sexuality, gender, like mm-hmm. everything. So it probably is just, you know, a big spectrum. And yeah. some people who can function just fine day to day, and maybe they could benefit from that knowledge, mm-hmm. um, or understanding themselves a little better. Right. I don't know. The majority of the people that were on this show still lived with their parents, because okay. they were younger. I mean, they're, they, they hadn't quite gotten out on their own yet. Some of them did. Mm-hmm. But It was just so fucking heartwarming and awkward as fuck, guys. Be prepared because there's a lot of real awkward social interactions that happen Mm -hmm. with people who aren't good at social stuff. But so heartwarming. Like, I just had a grin on my face the whole time and I'm totally obsessed with some of the people. Okay, so I have a question. So now there's a dating show Mm -hmm. for people that are interested in dating that are diagnosed as being on the spectrum. What would you think about a dating app specifically designed for those that are on the spectrum if that's where they were more comfortable feeling like their interactions were with people who understood how their social brain works yeah is that isolating or Mm -hmm. is that creating a safer space that's more comfortable for them what do you think both Um, well i mean obviously it'd be optional uh, like you could go on a regular app if you (laughs) You want to go here 
Yeah, I think right now, well, given that we are early 40s, and I do think that people in our age group, our generation, um, have less information about that sort of thing, I don't think it would work very well for our age. But these kids that are coming up, the early 20s people who have a much better idea and teenagers who are going to then be young adults. And I think that because there will be a bigger pool, because they will know mm-hmm. about the autism spectrum more than we do or mm-hmm. we did, right? That they'll be more willing to classify themselves in that way. I think there's still a stigma for people who are a little bit older who wouldn't want to say there's something, quote, wrong with me, right? Yeah, I guess I was just thinking it would require for some a certain level of support Mm -hmm. from family or whatever you were talking about in Love on the Spectrum, how these people in their early 20s, um, a lot of them were still living at home. Yeah, I mean, if you were still living at home, and maybe you don't drive or I don't know, maybe you would need that support Mm -hmm. um, from your family to help pull off dating or being in a serious relationship initially until you decided where you wanted to go with this person and maybe it would make you feel more comfortable dating somebody in a similar situation yeah they talked about that a little bit actually there were a couple people on the show that said do you prefer to date somebody who's also on the spectrum and they were like yeah because they understand so they all said yes they didn't ask that question to everybody i mean there was no facilitator of the show Mm -hmm. it was more like a documentary Mm -hmm. it wasn't like hey i'm gonna sign up for this dating show like they clearly went out and found some people to kind of follow their lives in there Mm-hmm. But there was like a dating coach who specifically works with people with developmental disabilities. To oh my God, teach how them. cool. It was awesome. One of the guys, his name was Kelvin. I just, I fell in love with this kid. Well, I want somebody to start this app, please. And we don't know how to build apps. So you can yeah. have that one. Don't take our other thing that whatever it was that we copyrighted earlier. Yeah. I don't but, remember. Um, I think that would be amazing. I mean, everybody, yeah. again, you know, being sex positive, everybody deserves the opportunity to date, find love, enjoy, you know, some form of sexual intimacy. Like everybody deserves, everybody deserves that. And God, it's great. So finding a way to do that in a new forum or a Mm -hmm. new idea that would make some feel more comfortable would be great. I I mean, there's a great idea. There's all kinds of dating apps that are specific. You mean like farmers only? (laughs) I don't remember how the song goes. It goes, you don't have to be lonely at Farmers Only. It's... You don't have to be lonely at at Farmers farmers Only. It's incredible. Something like that. There's Christian Mingle. There's probably lots of other ones I don't know about. There are a lot of dating apps for people who prefer to date within their race. Oh. There are dating apps for single parents. Okay. Um, I know there's lots of, like, fetish sites, but I guess that's (laughs) maybe more sexual than dating related. Well, again, I mean, I don't really care. I don't have a problem with that kind of stuff. Of course not. um, Whatever gets your rocks off, I guess. But <laughs> Get those rocks off, guys. <laughs> but anyway, I just was curious because I don't have a child with autism, mm-hmm. and you do. And so I was just wondering yeah. if you thought that would be insensitive or if you thought that was a good no, idea. I don't think it's insensitive. I think there are ways it could be insensitive if somebody did it in a mocking way, obviously. But that's not what you're talking about. I would love for something like that to exist for him. Like, somebody out there, please get that shit done. He's seven. He's got lots of years. You have time. Figure it out. I'm going to ask my brother. I think he could do it. (gasps) I think he's got the skills. Dave, I got a job for you, and it's actually not fixing something for me or helping me with a computer problem. Yeah, it's, (laughs) you know, getting my son laid when he turns 18. (laughs) What? That's that's exactly how I was going to describe it. (laughs) And why does he have to wait till he's 18? Did you? I was 17. 
Oh, okay. How old are you? 17. Okay. So, yeah, you shouldn't have to Cheers wait. to that. Okay, so be 17. I mean, what 17-year-old is on dating apps, though? Really? How do we know? We're 40-something. I don't know. I bet there's tons of 17-year-olds on dating Why? apps. Why? Just go to school and meet somebody. I mean, not that you can do that no, now, but... No, Kids are so comfortable using social media and social everything. I mean, I am confident there are tons of 17-year-olds I on dating I never apps. got on dating apps until I was getting divorced. Dating but, apps but weren't they weren't thing. around. I mean, I so guess they were around, but like a lot of other things we've talked about, there was a stigma attached oh, to totally. meeting online. People sometimes, every now and again, you'll still come across a profile that says, let's match and we'll tell our friends we met, we met at, at yoga a Mariner's what? game or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> Who gives really? A shit? In this day and age, you're that insecure about meeting someone on a dating app? It's so. the way to do it now, unfortunately. I don't necessarily prefer it, but it's how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yes. Somebody please create the app for my child. You have 10 years. I recommend that you perform some book smart versus street smart research and get some consultation from people who would be actually using the app. Yeah, absolutely. Also, everyone out there, please go watch Booksmart and watch Love on the Spectrum. Yes. And I'm going to leave you once again with AAA's quote, which is one of my favorite from the movie, Mm -hmm. when she said, no, we just don't only care about school. Get it, AAA? Yeah. It's worth being well-rounded, or at least trying to be well-rounded. Damn straight. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Once again, Megan, I'm going to handle this part since last time you just said blah, blah, blah. I'm not good at the promoting like you are. It's a necessary evil, It is. I don't love it. It's what we got to do. We got to tell them to, you know, give us some love. Find us on social media at Prosecco Theory. And is this how we get a Prosecco sponsor? I, I, we're really waiting. If you're listening. I mean, like a lot of likes and promotion and. It's a good start. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm on board. Oh, but okay. I like it better when you say it. Well, I can say it. I don't mind. And by the way, tonight we are drinking It's a Head Snapper Prosecco. Which is our favorite, by it the way. It is our favorite. And it is nowhere near the most expensive. It's really not. So we do it's love a head snapper one. winery out of somewhere in Italy. If you'd like to sponsor us, please. <laughs> We're still available. We are available. <laughs> Swipe right, head snapper. Swipe right on us. Um, yes. So go and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us. Leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating. Stars. So many stars. Blah, blah, we blah, prefer blah, the blah. mob. There she goes again. I think they get it. Like I know. Let's hang it up. You know, it's what all the podcasters do. Maybe so. I'm not like all the cool kids because I got more street smocks than that. Oh, I see. Shit. All right. Well, this is deteriorating. Quickly. It's time to go. Um, Love you all. Thanks for joining us. And uh, until next time. Cheers. Cheers.